a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Sorry about last week. I'll get into it in a minute. I'll be fully transparent with you. Uh, but before I do that, just a few housekeeping notes and bobs here. Uh, follow Steve, would you, on Twitter at sbartle247. You can check myself out at Tom Can't Hack It, um, kslsports.com, utone.com, our two premier platforms that we both work for. We'd love for you to check them out. And of course, Nate Wade Subaru is our sponsor. So without Nate Wade Subaru, this podcast would not be possible. Nate Wade Subaru is 1207 South Main Street, Salt Lake City, Utah, just a few blocks from downtown. They're the oldest Subaru dealership in all of North America. And that should be all that you need to know about them. They've been in business for, oh, they're going on 52 years, I think, this year. So it's been some time. Um, and they're really good people. So we love them. There's a reason you see so many Subarus on the road. Nate Wade Subaru is a big reason why. Um, here's what happened. Um, and we don't need to go into too big a detail, but um, Thursday morning, I woke up uh, feeling like a truck had hit me. And uh, you guessed it. Your boy contracted the Rona. <laughs> Man. Uh, I'm feeling good. I feel fine. Uh, I had a few rough days and that was it. And we're back. And I had some of grandpa's cough medicine. A few. I still feel like I sound a bit congested. Uh, so... I'm not like 100% in the clear, but I'm 98. I feel fine. Um, I jumped on the exercise bike yesterday, and here we are today. So uh, so I apologize. That's the reason we were unable to record last week. Steve, um, how'd you fare, man? There was a bit that happened last week, too. Very poor timing, given the fact the vaccine's now jabbing everybody. But anyway, whatever. I'm not here to complain. We are going to talk some Larry Kristoviak, and maybe that's where we start this conversation because that is kind of the talk of the town. Even though we do a lot of football conversation and that's kind of how we roll, we know Utah football fans generally do have an interest in the basketball program. And, of course, the news that Larry Kristoviak had been released from his contract uh, came, came to fruition about a week ago now. And uh, ever since, that's all anybody can, really can talk about. So, Steve, what... I guess, have, have you learnt between when the news dropped to where we are now? Uh, and what was your immediate reaction? What, kind of just walk me through where you're at as it relates to Larry. Uh, well, you know, it's 10 years, you know, with, with Larry Kuskoviak on the job. And, you know, unfortunately, the last few years, it was just, program was just kind of stuck, stuck in a rut. And so, 
you know, you look over his 10 years and he had a nice little stretch between 2014 and 2016 where you're like, hey, this this could be something with Larry. You know, he had DeLon Wright, Jakob Pertl, Kyle Kuzma in that group. Uh, and and uh, it seemed that he was taking a swing for some, you know, more talented recruits. Uh, but unfortunately, wasn't able to capitalize on that momentum, you know, during that little two, three year run. And I think that's kind of where the uh, where he was undone, you know, in this job. He just wasn't able to to take that next step as a program and continue on that success. And, you know, we've talked a lot. There's been a lot of talk about the transfers and how painful they were. And yes, um, there were some some hurtful transfers. And I do think that all of that kind of attributed to the decision to move on. Um, and so, you know, uh, Utah's in, uh, in the middle, in the end, at the beginning of a coaching search. I don't know that anybody really knows exactly where they're at. No, I, I will say that um, Utah Utah has a pretty good idea of what they want, of who they want. Obviously, Alex Jensen has been named as the top target. Uh, he interviewed for the job on What's today? Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Yesterday, so so Tuesday, he met he met with uh, Mark Harlan. He was on the road with Utah Jazz. Obviously, they played in Chicago Monday night, so uh, this was his first time to I think really kind of sit down and have a formal you know interview with with the program, and and so uh, you know we're all just kind of waiting, uh, waiting around, seeing what happens. So Tom, let me ask you, who? What have you heard? Do you know who's going to be the new head coach? Like, have you figured it out yet? Because everybody's asking me, and I don't know. No. Have you heard anything? No, no? I, do, I have not heard anything. I, I will say I have spoken to Mark Harlan, although it wasn't really about the coaching search, although it was touched on, uh, but he didn't give anything away. And then I, I did speak to Larry. Uh, I gave him a few days after the news broke, and I reached out to him. And I will say this about Larry. He – and this was via a text message. So just, you know, take it with a grain of salt, if you will. He just, he sounded very relieved, um, which is probably understandable given just the amount of pressure he's felt over the last handful of years. So he, he kind of just appreciated the note I sent him and then said he's looking forward to spending time with his family and, and, and hit the golf course and, and just kind of letting, letting his hair down a bit without going through the stress and rigor that, the NCAA basketball regime kind of brings upon you. So this is where I'm at, though, Steve. And and to be honest, you know, we can sit here and discuss whether Alex Jensen's the right guy for the job, whether the, the fella out in New York, what's his name, the New York assistant coach, Johnny Bryant. Johnny Bryant. Yeah, Johnny Bryant, whether he's the guy. Maybe they go... You know, I, I, I said this to a, a colleague of mine the other day. I'm like, bring in bloody La Jolla Chicago's head coach. I mean, what are we doing? That guy's a monster. La Jolla Chicago are in the Sweet 16 for the second bloody time in three years. Are you kidding? Can you imagine what he can do at Utah? My goodness, bring that guy in. I mean, look, he's a proven NCAA head basketball coach. And he's got La Jolla Chicago in the suite. That's unheard of. I mean, good grief. And so I don't really have too strong of an opinion. He was just, I mean, somebody that I, this is, this is, this is all that matters to me. And this is, and because I don't follow the basketball program like you do or other, other folks in the business do, but 
this is how I know Utah basketball is going to be okay. I don't know if you could have had any worse. Like, I don't know if you could have been any worse over the last stretch of years. Like, you you haven't made an they haven't made an NCAA tournament in how many years, Steve? Five, uh, six. I think, yeah, five years. Five years. They haven't made it. They haven't even looked close to making it. And here we are, where without a head coach, and you go, they're going to be just fine. Like you just know it's their facilities, the state of the program, the talent they currently have at it, the position the athletic department's in, led by Mark Carlin. Like, like it's going to be okay. Yeah. Which is which is the ultimate sign, in my opinion, as I try and kind of predict the future of, of that program in particular. Like, should Larry have done better? Yes. Was he and I'd love I would love to sit down with Larry and speak to him about this because he just came across as if he was the sort of coach that didn't really want to adapt to the current generation. He just coached the game in a similar manner that he was coached back in the day. And unfortunately think times have changed and the kids these days have far more, uh, they've got a ton more um, ability to adapt and change. And if they're not happy, they'll just leave. That, that, that wasn't even a thing back in the day. Like I was right. speaking of Britton Johnson. Britton Johnson said, Andrew Bogut was done with Utah basketball. Like, he was finished. He didn't want anything to do with it. This is, like, even before he'd played for Utah basketball. He he and Rick Majerus just kind of bumped heads early on, apparently. And, uh, and, like, in today's day and age, if that was the case, a kid just leaves. Andrew Bogut would have just left Utah. Uh, but there was no such thing. So, you know, it's just such a different world that we currently live it in. It is. And yeah. I think that's worth noting. Yeah, I I agree. And and those are great points, Tom. I do think that a lot of this is just, um, you know, I hate seeing it's it's addition by subtraction, you know, with Larry Kristovia, because that's not what it's what it is. But again, I think that there is something to, you know, the guy's been on the job for 10 years, you just kind of start kind of going through the motions. I think just getting a new face, a new, um, a new vibe, a new energy in the building um, will be tremendous, a tremendous boost to the basketball program. That that in and of itself is why a change needed to be made. Um, and then, you know, we can talk about the different candidates. I could listen to you say La, La Jolla, Chicago all day, man. <laughs> Bloody La Jolla. Uh, La I can't Jolla. pronounce the L. I can't pronounce the L. <laughs> La Jolla. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I think like, obviously, like, I think at the top of everybody's wish list is Por- Porter Moser. Um, unfortunately, what I've heard on, on, on Moser is that uh, he's pretty content at La Jolla, Chicago. Um, As he should he's be, got, by the way. Yeah. No, he's, he's set up nicely there. I think he's got a good, uh, a good roster, a good group of incoming talent. He's got a nice salary there already. Um, so he can kind of be patient. He can build that program up like a, like a Gonzaga type of a school if he wants, or he can, you know, take his time and, and wait for an opportunity at a, at a, at a destination school that maybe he seems uh, is right for him, like a Notre Dame or, or maybe a Duke program. One of those programs you know, there's Minnesota and Indiana available right now, and it sounds like 
he's not looking at either of those either. So um, Moser, I think everybody would love. Alex Jensen, I think you know most people would love. I think there would be very little criticism of an Alex Jensen hire. He doesn't have you know head coaching experience, whatever, but uh, he does two years in the D League. Uh, you know, Johnny Bryant would be a high risk, high reward type of a type of a hire, but he would bring a lot of excitement back into the program. So there's and and there are a Ice lot of candidates. Man. Yeah, there are a lot of candidates that uh, would would do really well at Utah. So I, I think the fact that a, just simply making a change and getting out, you know, just kind of old energy is good, and then bringing in somebody new, somebody you know, exciting. It will be a, another added boost for the basketball program. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I, a uh, bit, bit of just fresh blood in there, you know, change it up. But, but the unfortunate right. part of the basketball saga, I guess, is that it is, it, it's not in a position right now to win immediately. Like there is, there is a need for uh, some, some grooming, if you will. So that that's kind of that's kind of that kind of sucks, but but oh well. Hopefully, in due time, we'll be Utah will be back at the big dance because it's been a ton of fun to to kind of pay attention and watch over the last couple of uh, weeks. But um, anyway, I digress. We can move on. Uh, we'll, we'll go to football. Let's move to football. Um, springtime, i.e., the worst time of year for any Utah football player. Just the absolute pits, I tell you. Nothing worse than spring. But here we are, and here we are talking about it, which uh, I don't know what's worse, like being involved in spring ball as a player or having to talk about it on a podcast every week when, like, you just know very little of this matters. Like, none of it really matters. Let's be real. Like, it, none of it matters to the guys that are going to matter this year. None of it matters. It does matter for the younger guys and their development. And, you know, there will be, there will be players at Utah that exceed expectations this spring. And in two, three years time, end up playing a pretty pivotal role for Utah. And they'll probably look back on this spring and go, that was when I, I started to feel like myself again. And I kind of was able to prove my worth at Utah. So I guess in that realm, it matters, but you know, in in the present, it it doesn't. It just it doesn't matter. So it's but, tough, man. Yeah, Steve, it's, you're you're it's on the cut beat, you off, dude. You're on the beat, no. man. Tell me how no, you're doing. Come on. <laughs> what do you mean? No, you're uh, not. You, dude, have a, it's... you have a website called Ute Zone. <laughs> I know. I, and, and bro, let me tell you, it's tough right now. Okay, it's it's, it's tough. Uh, you know, this this is where we we buttered our bread during spring because nobody is is crazy enough to spend every day up there at practice and talk about it each and every day. But we were youth zone was that's where we buttered our bread over the last few years. And now we don't have that opportunity anymore. It's been two years. We haven't been at spring practice, Tom. I'm not going to count the three practices that we got because they were in shorts. Nobody cares about football in shorts. Are you kidding me? Do you seriously miss going up there, though? Oh, I absolutely miss going up there, man. That was that made my day. That made my day each and every day going up to the program and watching practice. Are you kidding me, Tom? Practice? Are you kidding me? Steve, this That's- was before your love for golf began. Listen, man, golf is put on the back burner when spring camp is around, okay? The priority is spring camp. This is where I make my money. This is where I uh, take care of my now wife. Okay, uh, Tom? This is it. 
Well, what are they saying? Like, what is that a report? What are we doing here, Steve? I don't know, man. It's all repetitive now. Everybody's making progress. Everybody's looking good. It's all the same. Everybody always looks good. <laughs> Damn it. Why is everybody looking so good all the time? Can we get yeah, some transparency, like, please? Come on, man. Give us some good details. Like, tell us who messed up. You know guys are messing up. Oh. Who missed on their combo blocks? Who, who tripped up on, you know, on their out route? You know, that's what I want to know. I don't care. I, I'm sure they're all looking good. Oh, I want to know so who's funny. looking bad. That is so funny. Because in all seriousness, everybody looks good all the time when they speak to <laughs> Like, seriously, everybody is immaculate. You couldn't be wrong. We're winning the national championship. And, and then, like, <laughs> but like, as a player, just, like, to think back on all the times, like, especially early, you know, when I was younger, 2012, 2013, when we weren't great, it was almost every other practice that coach was just ripping us apart at the end of yeah. it. <laughs> just so angry. Yeah. And then five and minutes like, later, he'll hit the media and he'll be like, good practice, really good practice. Yeah. And it's like, and like the fun stuff was like the stuff that you can't report on, like Kyle Whittingham dropping some curse words at the, at the kicker as he missed the, like three straight field goals. Like it's stuff like that, that like, that's what made going to spring practice fun is like, that's the stuff you don't get in media availabilities and that crap. Like I want to know when, when coach Witt is dropping F bombs out there. That's what I want to do. That's why I go to spring practice. Oh man. Well, yeah. So here we are. Uh, we've come full circle. It seems. Um, I'm sorry, Tom. I had to rant. That's been, it's been stewing, man. I've been stewing on that for a while. You're good. I feel your pain. Trust me. And to be honest, like I cover nowadays, I I, I cover way more of the the professional soccer club out here than I do the Utah football team. Although occasionally I'll I'll kind of uh, I'll, I'll I'll come in and 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 write a piece or what you know. It's but it's nowhere sure. near as frequent as I do for the soccer club. And the soccer club. Is so much better to work with. And they're smaller, I get that. It's, you know, they don't have nearly as many media members kind of pulling them away and trying to drag them in. But but still, it's just they're transparent. They tell me what is going on. And, right. you know, like I respect them for that. And therefore, I do my very best to try and paint them in as good of a light as I can anytime I write about them because they're uh, they're good people over there and, and hopefully they can they can be a bit more successful this year. But it's just crazy. And I look I love you tougher by really I promise I do. Yes. And I, I still have a ton of people up there I speak to and it's all fun and games, but man, this just springtime in general is tedious. I saw uh, Jaquinton Jackson took over Instagram yesterday. Did you see that? I sure did. Yeah, that was about as entertaining as watching paint dry. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, I mean, look, it's 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 for the fans, right? You get a look in at the locker rooms. You get a look at the shoes. You get a look at breakfast. Steve, like, that stunk. Can we be real? I, I, I've got nothing against Jackson, but can we make it? Oh, I shouldn't. I should just be happy he did it. <laughs> I should just be happy he did it. What am I doing? Good on you, Jaquin Jackson. But you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing Watts for breakfast. Yeah, like, sure. show me Watts for breakfast. Yeah, talk to the guys. Have some fun with it. <clears throat> um, you know, if, if you want to 
attach uh you know the the instagram live feed you know and and sneak it somewhere on your shoulder pads or something like that like an undercover camera type of a thing like i'm just throwing ideas out here like you know you know if we can get some footage of of practice you know i I wouldn't complain about that i I would not complain about that you know like get out there as warming up you know tossing the pig skin around you know maybe some clips of that you know some instagram Instagram live of, of practice like that would be fun man like Give us the goods, Utah football. This is not on Jaquinta Jackson. This is on Utah football and Coach Witt. You got to give us some good, juicy stuff, man. Steve, they are so Whit- – Whittingham, and I've spoken about this on the podcast, but he's just so afraid of giving away anything, like regardless of the time of year. He doesn't want fans or or opposing team personnel to be able to see – route combinations or he doesn't want any of that and and i do understand but i do think he he loses way too much sleep over it i know that for sure and i don't necessarily understand why he he is as stressed out about it as as he currently is maybe he's just experienced players putting up clips on twitter or instagram that give away certain secrets to, to opposing team personnel. I, I look, I, I don't have the answer for you, but yeah, it, it is mind blowing how secretive he is. I, I don't understand why Utah doesn't set up. And I understand with COVID, it may be a little different now, but moving forward or even in the past, like why, why doesn't Utah football and Utah state collaborate and get together during spring? Like I just, they're not playing this year. And it, That's it's a great sure, idea. It sure as hell beats bashing up on your own teammates. So get together and and go bash on other teams. And because the NFL does it, the NFL does it like within weeks of their season starting. Steve, they'll have camps in preseason where like the 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 Cowboys will travel to LA and. And 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 practice against the Rams, like it happens in the NFL. Like, why isn't it happening in college? What I, I you know, don't know. That's interesting because I think I saw something. I want to say it was like Portland State agreed to do like a spring practice with like Oregon State or Oregon. I, I or there was talk of it, and I think that that is such a great idea. Like. Get get Weber State or get Southern Utah up here, you know, to up here on the hill and, and go through a practice with them for a week. Like, go through it, um, you know, have have an opportunity, having that opportunity to go against another team, you know, where it just kind of gets repetitive, or you're beating up on yourself over and over. Like, it wears you down. I'm sure, Tom. Like you've talked about it. Um, I think that that is such a great idea to get another team involved in spring ball uh, in, in some sort, some, some sort of way. I, I think that that is a really great idea. And I, I would love to see that become a, a, a regular thing. Yeah. I, maybe it's just as simple as the spring game is played against another in-state team. And I understand obviously yeah. like Utah is not going to want to do, not going to want to 
practice against or play a spring game against BYU because they obviously see each other in a couple of months' time. And they're probably not going to want to do it even against Weber State, even though they should blow the doors off the Wildcats, with all due respect to, to Jay Hill up there. Utah should be stronger. And so I understand, but you've got five or six up teams in the state and you're, you're only ever going to play two of them a year you know so that's yeah. three other teams that that you're not going to see so like the reason i think and this is going back to kind of coach wit just being so afraid of of giving away any secrets coaches do talk to one another like i know for a fact jay hill speaks to coach wit and kalani and all three of those guys are in kind of they all chat to each other because they were all on the same staff at one point in time and they were for a long time and, they, and they're and they good friends, more importantly. But so maybe there's just maybe Whittingham and Utah are just petrified of, 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 of Jay Hill speaking of Kalani. Or, I, I, look, I have no idea, but it just seems so ludicrous in today's day and age where information is so easily accessible. Sure, they're so paranoid, and I just wish yeah Mark would just sit wit down and be like, "Yo, man, what's the deal? Why are you like this? How can I help you fix your fear of giving away any little like gamesmanship? I get it, but like sure. this is at an all time like this is at a, like an uncomfortable and and potentially like unhealthy." rate like just chill out man well and and to be completely fair to Whittingham like this is this is how it is across the country at at programs I uh, you know with with us being a part of 24-7 sports network like we've got connections all across the country you know with people that cover you know programs like LSU Florida Michigan um you know just you name the college basically and and um, and I reached out to 15 or so programs and asked them what their media availability was or fan access was during spring ball. Nearly all of them said that they have no access to spring ball. So, you know, this isn't so much the, just wit being paranoid as it is coaches in general yes, are just yes. paranoid, you know? And so I, I just think, you know, is is it harmful to have media people, fans up there? Most of them don't even know what routes are being ran or what coverages are being called. Like, no, it's, it's probably not harmful to have people up there watching. But I, I just think, you know, for coaches, you just never know who's in the stands, right? And so that's kind of the thing, too, is like, um, let's say, you know, you've got a coach and he just goes off on a rant, right? Like, just goes off. In today's age, like, you got people with cell phones record stuff all the time. Like, what if something goes viral? What if a coach says something that goes viral? Like, you just can't have that. You can't risk that and, and, and that. And, you know, obviously you don't want people recognizing, you know, people that, that can recognize route patterns and, and combos and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you don't want them in, in the stands either. So I just think there's a lot of caution with coaches for for various reasons that don't don't make things fun for us. Like, obviously this is our job and we would love to be up there. Um, but for the most part, like it's the fun part of our job, right? Like going up, there. maybe not for you, Tom, cause I know, like, I know how you feel about spring ball, <laughs> but I, dude, I loved it. Like 
me and me and my buddy Brian Brown, like we would always go out there and we would just talk, you know, just just talk football for for two hours as we're you know watching them you know place his hand on on you know on on the numbers or 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 you know his punch on on the left side compared to his right side or you know his his kick step you know or, or watching a running back make a cut just talking about you know silly things like yeah. well could John White do that like that's that's what going to practices that's why you know I enjoy it so much and why it's fun to be up there. Um, you know, and obviously I ranted and that kind of stuff, but like, man, this is just, this is just how it is in college football for, for big programs. Like, obviously we would love to have access up there, but I think, man, I, (laughs) I just, I don't know that we'll ever get it. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's gone, Steve. Uh, I love how high pitched your voice got during the middle of that, uh, rant just barely that was cool and uh and second of all like i i just wish and, and this this can be kind of the last thing i have to say on it steve i'll let you kind of put the final bow on it or if you've said everything you need to say so be it but the last thing i'll say is and i've said i've referenced this a fair bit so i apologize to all our listeners but but from somebody that spent four years playing um at the university of utah I can tell you, and, and look, I understand I, I, I punted, right? I'm, I'm well aware that, that I wasn't the sort of player or position that was required to dissect and analyze playbooks that were 300 pages long. Like, I, my job was pretty simple. It's left, right, and very rarely kick it straight. But, but at the same time, I was, like, immersed in the program, and I spoke to people, and, like, I, I got a good sense, like, where they were at mentally and physically, and... Some of my best friends on the team were were players that starred and and like Jared Norris, for example, or Travis Wilson, like Kenneth Scott, like guys that were big names that were out there that were asked to do a ton that were constantly felt and feeling the pressures of performing and 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 this is where I think spring ball in particular, if you were to if you were to schedule a few practices or maybe the spring game against. Utah State or or Dixie State or Southern Utah or whatever the case may be, mentally, that is as refreshing as anything this time of year for the playing group. The playing group get tired. They get burnt out. It's You're so far from the season, uh, yet you're expected to be in such prime physical condition to prevent injury. It's just grueling it's a nightmare there are days you go out it's freezing cold like the last week or so really ever since i contracted the old rona the weather hasn't been great it's been 40 degrees with hail every now and again snow like they are the absolute worst days ever those days and they happen a lot during spring in utah so i just think if anything steve mentally to be able to go out there and compete against, an, even as a punter, if I were to go out there as a punter, for crying out loud, and know that there's somebody on another team that I'm going to be punting against today, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That gets me up and about. It's like, all right, let's go. I'm going to kick his rear end today. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. and if I as a punter feel that way, imagine how a DB and a wideout, you know, could go, could clash and go toe to toe. I mean, you are going to be getting the best out of everybody every single rep if you if you can just mix it up a little bit. So, 
Maybe I need to speak to Mark and see what he has to say on the matter. But uh, <laughs> when I do, I'll I'll report back, Steve. <laughs> yes, please do. And I think, dude, that is such a, a a great you know, it would be such a great thing. I think for the football team, for fans too, like to get that kind of added dimension because that you know talk a lot about guys making progress, but you don't really know where on the barometer you know things are right and i think an opportunity to go against another team like that would provide a, a pretty pretty good indication of, of where things are at for the program and i, I think uh, it would just be a lot of fun so i i completely agree with you tom uh i think it would be a lot of fun to see something like that down the road getting you know some of these and and for the the smaller programs you know it's a great opportunity for you i'm sure that there would be some sort of monetary agreement as well <laughs> so you know you get you get a couple hundred thousand maybe i don't know but uh, i think it would be a great thing for for college football just in general you know not just utah but just in general if this became uh, a thing i think it would be great yeah no i'm i'm with you hey steve before we get out of here um i know the recruiting cycle is pretty much dead at the minute there's no on-site visitors that utah's hosting up until what is that may 14th or something yeah yeah and so there's a recruiting dead period where you know kids can come to campus on their own dime uh, but they can't meet with coaches in person so they can you know what kids will do is they'll they'll go on a on a vacation (laughs) and and they'll come up to campus and they'll do like a tour and they'll you know, sometimes they'll FaceTime coaches, uh, but they can't meet in person. Um, and, and so it's just, it's kind of tough because you don't get that personal interaction. You don't get you know, eyes on kids for coaches, that kind of thing. So yeah, we're in a dead period until I think it's May. Um, but what I've heard is that um, coaches just in general are pushing for a summer period where they can host camps host kids on official visits and i think there's enough momentum i think you know with the pandemic and everything i think we're we're making progress where we're likely going to see kids taking official visits uh in the summertime so yeah. uh kind of a, a weird time uh and kind of obviously this has been very difficult for a lot of kids but i think any any time that these kids can be provided to visit schools on unofficial or official visits where they can just meet with coaches, I think would be very, very helpful for a lot of these kids and a lot of these coaches too. Right there with you, my man. He's Steve Bartle at sbartle 247 so you can check him out on Twitter. I'm Tom Hackett at Tom Can't Hackett. Please do us a favor. Head on over to Ute Zone. They've got a seven-day free trial. If you're a Utah fan, Utah football junkie, there isn't a better destination for you on the internet. UteZone.com is... The website and, of course, KSLSports.com is a big reason why I am here with you guys as well. Nate, wait, Subaru's our sponsor, 1207 South Main Street. We love and appreciate them. Steve, it's been so good chatting to you once again, my man. I can't wait to do it again soon.
years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.